all ninjas, calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. On the other side of grace is this grace, and it's so important, as you said, to move through it. This podcast is sponsored by the Lime Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lime Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Join us every Thursday on iTunes for the latest episode of Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, I'm your host and acupuncturist McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 210 with the executive director of Lime Less Live More, Dana Walsh. Also, welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn why Dana does a parasite cleanse every year, how to protect yourself from emotional parasites during the holiday season, and how grief is a necessary part of the cleansing and healing process. Thanks, Aurora, and be sure to listen to the end of the podcast for the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day. As you all know, Lyme disease is an international problem. Each week we have listeners join us from all over the world. This past week we've had listeners from Japan to Germany and from Argentina to Saudi Arabia. Also, a big thank you to all you loyal Lyme ninjas out there. Aurora and I really appreciate you listening every week. And we'd like to welcome all the new listeners out there. Welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. We're glad you tuned in. And speaking of tuning in, this week's top 10 tune-in cities are... Number 10, Seattle, Washington. Number 9, Spring Creek, Nevada. Number 8, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Number 7, Tacoma, Washington. Number 6, Denver, Colorado. Number 5, Perth Road, Canada. Number 4, Sebastopol, California. Number 3, San Francisco, California. (laughs) Number 2, Black Mountain. North Carolina. And number one this week is Atlanta, Georgia. Your hometown. <laughs> no, it's not my hometown. We lived there twice yeah. for about two years back in the late 80s. Well, your mom met there, right? No, we met in D.C. Really? Yes. Oh. You have your I family history. I got my timeline wrong. Flipped, yes. Oh, no. Also, um, not relating to family history, but we do have news regarding December. We do. We have big news. Number one, I'll be taking the month off of December, the month of December off, something like that, and recharging my battery, something I recommend everybody do from time to time. So we'll be rolling out best of Lime Ninja episodes. So you won't be left alone. We're not going to abandon you. We're just going to dig deep into the archives and pull out some really amazing interviews that if you haven't listened to a second time, you should, and most likely that you haven't heard yet. So that will happen. We'll be back in the saddle, so to speak, in the studio in early January, and we'll tell you all about uh, the recharging trip that I had. Also, we're rolling out the Lime Ninja Tickborne Illness School. Number one, it's free. We're not making money off this directly, maybe indirectly. We'll see. So we're not going to charge. But what's happened is we have 200 episodes. And if you want to learn about genetic nutrition, we actually have a lot of information in there. But you kind of have to scroll through it, search through it, and maybe you'll find it and maybe you won't. So we're (laughs) going to bring this all together for you and make it really simple. So if you want to learn about genetic nutrition, let's say, or vitamin C, 
or magnesium or neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. We'll gather these all in one place and you'll just be able to click on that, have all the episodes right there, maybe some additional texts and resources. We're trying to make this a, a really a school where you can go to educate yourself. And essentially right now, it's just like a book list, right? Just a giant list of 210 episodes and it can be overwhelming. So that's what we're going to be doing. If you're interested in that, if you think you might be interested, just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com Lime and leave us your email address. We're not going to use this list for any other purpose than to contact you and let you know that this is opening up. So that's all we're going to do. You're not going to be put on some mailing list and be sent, oh, buy Lime Ninja stickers or T-shirts or anything like that. Oh, that would be fun. Well, maybe one day we'll get there. <laughs> And the main reason we won't do that is because we don't have any. Well, I do have a few stickers. But anyway, the point is, it's not a spam email list. We're just going to let you know that this Lime Ninja School is opening up and that you'll have access to it. All right. I think that's about it. Do we cover it all? I think we covered it all. Okay. All right. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's guest, Dana Walsh. And many of you, before we get started, you may remember Dana. We've all seen under our skin. She's the roadie for YouTube. For you too. Not YouTube. Good grief. She's the roadie for you too in the Under Our Skin documentary on Lyme disease. And she's just a delightful, delightful woman. And we're so lucky that she's given us some time to talk about what she's doing to help people with Lyme disease and her own experience. All right, Aurora, give us the details. Dana Walsh, a Northern California native, is the co-founder, author, and executive director of Lime Less, Live More. Featured in the award-winning documentary Under Our Skin, Dana has inspired countless on their road to health when she shared her journey from rock and roll event producer to full-time Lyme patient. Today, Dana uses her wisdom from decades of personal study and experience to coach patients inside her live programs. Dana's multifaceted approach to recovery includes nutrition, self-care, healthy mindset, and conscious awareness. She is a nutritional therapist, speaker, and writer in the health and healing world, and she continues her mission to deliver a powerful, authentic message of love and acceptance and to make the seemingly intangible a reality. Thanks, Roar, and here is our interview with Dana Walsh. Hello, Dana. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. Hi, McKay. How are you? I Good am, to hear you. Yes, I'm so excited to speak with you again. It's been too Shame. long. And I, I know it's I only know. been a few months, but I had such a great time speaking with you last time. I couldn't wait to get you back on the other side of the microphone, so to speak, and interview <laughs> you again. I feel the same way. Thank now, you for having me. You're welcome. Before we get started, you're kind of right in the middle of the wildfires now. Yes, I am. I would, you know, I'm about a few hours away from the sort of epicenter. But I got to tell you, um, Marin County, for whatever reason, the way the winds blow, the, the, um, the moisture in the air, whatever reason, I don't know exactly, but we get hit. With the smoke, we get socked in. In fact, last year when the Santa Rosa fire happened, it's about an hour from here, much closer. And at times, our air quality was worse than Santa Rosa. Wow! So we just have this. Yeah, I'm right next to Mount Tam, and you know, it looks like Beijing out there. It's it's um it's incredibly humbling. It really is. Uh, you know. I live in a magnificent place here in Marin, and um, well, my apartment is tiny and overpriced, let's be real, but where I'm situated in Marin, it's gorgeous, and, you know, two days before, it was like an absolute gorgeous summer day, blue skies, and then the next morning, it's like this, and I've been indoors for days. Um and to be honest, I'm really starting to have a lot of physical effects from the smoke. But that's that's where we are, and I'm just doing what I can to stay, you know, stay present. 
So I'm morbidly fascinated. And if you don't mind, I'd ask a, a question or two about your symptoms. Are are they lung symptoms like normal people, or are they deeper and like affecting your detox pathways and more systemic? Do you mind if I ask? I'd say both. Okay. Um, I'm good right now. I woke up wheezing, so of course there's going to be the lung issues. But I'm also feeling my lymph getting very congested, a lot more pain. And this happened last year. I got uh, quite lightheaded at times. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a, a good dose of toxicity. You know, something that people don't remember um, with smoke from fires like this is it's not just trees burning. It's structures and fuel and gases. And, you know, I know it's, it's absolutely imperative that they drop the fire retardant, but I have questions about that too. So, you know, it's a lot. And, you know, it, it's the, the, the warnings uh, for the air quality, you know, they go yellow, orange, red. Um, and the red zone, it says everyone's affected. And the orange, it says sensitive, sensitive people would be affected. So we're in the red where it's just saying, listen, everyone, you need to take warning here. Um, but then I'm just, I go out, you know, when I went to the store and I see people just outside <laughs> sitting out having lunch, like it's just a foggy day. It's amazing to me. It is amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> now you have another session coming up soon. Tell me about what I your do. autumn session is this time around. So, well, I just want to give the reminder that we do four sessions a year for Line Less, Live More. And the fall session is about parasites. Not a fun thing to market, i got to tell you. Um, I've, d- I've done a few but- <laughs> interviews about those, and it gets very graphic very quickly. It sure does. They're gross. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is, it is gross. But very, very important. And what I love about the fall session, a couple things, is we we talk about parasites and we get educated on them. I have Dr. Jay Davidson come in. He does a fantastic interview, really in-depth, and we go into the grossness. Um, but but we have a lot to learn, and it's not to be afraid of. Um, and what I love about the fall is that we use food. Now, of course, you work with your practitioner on what, you know, antiparasitics you would be using. Um, if you go as far as pharmaceuticals or even just mimosapudica, whatever. We do beautiful recipes in this program called treatments because I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to ask anybody not to eat treats over the holidays. And I will mention here that the fall session purposely goes from the 18th through through Thanksgiving all the way through the holidays into the new year. So this is a container, a place for people to go online, especially during the holidays when you're getting triggered by family, triggered by food, temptations, all those things. So I purposely did it in this time frame. Um, and the treatments are antiparasitic and they're delicious. And they're seasonal foods like pumpkin pie, pumpkin seeds, figs, um, chai spices. So nature is so beautiful that way, isn't it? Um, and chili, you know, things like that. So I have these great recipes. So we all make them together and they're very shareable. And I'll tell you, I know if we're going to be gross, I pass some parasites with these recipes. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, figs are amazing. Figs and dates. I know everybody's afraid of the sugar, um, but I balance it, you know, with some fats and uh, some protein as well. But yeah, the fig balls and um, a supplement called Zymex 2. Are you aware of it? That's a new one for me. Okay, Zymex 2. It's got the it's got figs in it as well. And um, I did these recipes, tons of garlic, tons of figs, and the pumpkin seeds, and it works. 
Now, people have different dietary needs, so you can be flexible on how you pick and choose in the recipes. Um, and again, I think we talked about this last time about the diet rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people will say, wait a minute, figs have oxalates, and, you know, on and on. Um, of course, if somebody is on a very specific diet, ask me a question and I can help you modify the, the recipe or just skip it all together. Um, and so what, what's most important in this is that we start with food as a way to self-care and also as a way to share with others. And what I love about this is we have recipes that you can bring to events, right? Because mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things over the holidays is you're there and everyone's saying, just eat it, just just come on, share with us, enjoy. So instead, people can bring their own recipes and share from what they have. Is that making sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just yeah. A one so, one little quick, I was at a conference over the weekend, Bob Miller's group, the genetic nutrition people, and Emily Gibbler works with him in his office in Afreda. And she's she's becoming fast becoming an expert 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 on oxalates, among other things. And mm-hmm. the, the the funny thing about oxalates, so definitely they need to be taken care of. If you have an oxalate problem, it's a serious problem. Uh, it can wreak all kinds of havoc. But once you get it under control, right? Or even you know even when you're you're working them out, you can bind oxalates in your gut so you don't absorb them. Right, so you just you just yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like you know, it it is possible to eat some of the stuff to get the benefits, and like you said, there are ways. There are always a way to work around things, and uh, in my mind, I'm just imagining because I do do dairy, just a giant pile of whipped cream (laughs) on top of your your pumpkin fig pie. Parasite cleanse you thing. Co- <laughs> you can do co- no, you do coconut cream. Yeah, that, well, coconut of course cream. the coconuts. Yeah, I, w- I was assuming you this was going to. The other thing you were talking about that I was thinking, okay, this this is coconut everything. If you're getting rid of it's those not, parasites. No, I, yeah, I know what you mean about the coconut everything. Coconut is in a lot of that coconut oil. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I want to go back a little bit to the oxalates. Because like I think I told you before, I've studied nutrition since I was 15. I'm an NTC, a nutritional therapy consultant with NTA. And, you know, everybody's right um, to some degree. And it just, it, it's, yes, oxalates can be an issue, right? But what I love about oxalates is you can get tested, right? If you... If you know you have candida, candida produces oxalate, so you have to be a little bit careful. Mm-hmm. I, for a long time, thought I had an oxalate problem because I get so much joint pain and mm-hmm. I have some kidney bladder stuff. Um, but I noticed with foods low in oxalates, I was still having trouble. So, and the other thing with foods is, let's say they're high in oxalates, but they also have huge benefits in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, and I, I, I don't have the research with me because I didn't think to talk about it today, but oxalates have, um, as I recall, some antiviral properties. Like they, there's actually Absolutely. Well, the body, benefits. Yeah, your body produces some oxalates, exactly. We're, we're talking about oxalates out of balance here, not that there's, it's never, That's right. you know, it's never, okay, oxalate bad, therefore there's never going to be an, another oxalate in my diet ever again. That's not what we're talking right. about. It's when things go right. out of control. That's right. And absolutely, it's all about finding balance. And, you know, one thing I love about figs, and there's a, there's a big mystery. I went down the oxalate rabbit hole for a, a, quite a while there. And it's not, it's still mysterious. There's not, a, it's not for sure that people understand what's happening there. Um, what I think is interesting about figs is it's, they're really, really high in calcium. So you've got to wonder, huh? Does that food balance it out, right? Yeah. That's right. So there's a, there's just a lot of mystery in all this, and I just tell people listen to your body, you know. And here's a, a point I really want to get across, and this is something that Mark Weil, in our sessions um, 
do you remember I've spoken about Mark Weil? He's kind of our faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fantastic. And he always, he's helped me so much with the food thing because, for example, I tell the story a lot. I, one day I was sitting down, had a very stressful week. As you know, McKay, I helped my brother who's autistic and he's, you know, he's 53. It's not easy. Um, and he's a handful and it can stress me out a lot. And I had a really big week with him. And I came home and I sat down and I ate an avocado. Perfectly fine with avocados. And that day, my whole mouth started burning burning and my tongue swelled everything like oh my gosh avocados what is it in the avocado what am I allergic to all that and Mark said no it's not the food it's the stress from the days before you're going to react to almost everything because digestion shuts down right and we don't set up the enzyme structures for digestion when we've shut it down for two days so I relaxed I drank some broth took a walk I calm myself and two days later I'm like I'm going to try avocado again <laughs> two days later no problem so food sensitivities are an interesting uh, it's very interesting I'm not saying that it doesn't exist it very much does but we have to look at how much stress is affecting our digestion I know it's back to the basics um, but sometimes it is that simple that's what I've noticed. Well, in my mind, it's always the most important thing and the easiest to forget are the basics. And you just have Thank to you. keep cycling back to them over and over and over again. And yeah, stress, and stress, think... sleep, basic minerals, basic good food, love, laughter, right? You got it. You got it. And I think we mentioned this in the last interview. I, I feel that when you're in that situation with Lyme, when you feel like you're just on fire and pain, you feel like the simple things can't possibly be powerful enough to meet this pain, to clear this pain, right? We need like a big, we need, we need antibiotics or we need something really strong. Not to say that you don't need that eventually, but building a foundation so your body can handle it, find homeostasis, and make the treatment work better. So that's a lot of what we teach in this program. And I think I've said this to you before, it's amazing how many people, I mean, I've witnessed it, people in clinics, you know, drinking. I saw one woman um, drinking a a milkshake from a 7-Eleven or something some kind of cheap milkshake and a, um, one of those sandwiches in a, in a plastic, you know, um, mm-hmm. from a convenience store. But she was getting an IV, and I thought, wow, that's got to be hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yin and Yang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh. which thing's making her feel more like crap right now? That's right. That, that's like... that garbage food, <laughs> and I just felt for her, but... Yeah, so food is, is, oh gosh, what a universe that is, and I'm, I love it. And the way I resolve the food issues is just listen to my body, work with the seasons, and that, that seems to help a lot. You know, over the summer, I basically go um, almost vegan in the summer. I do some fish, um, but I just really like my diet. And I use that time to cleanse, use the heat of the sun to burn it out. That's the time of year I eat fruit because that's what's abundant. And as we move into the fall, I'm doing stews, right? Soups, warming spices. It's beautiful because then we don't get stuck in, in certain foods where we end up developing. That's when we end up developing food sensitivities, right? When we eat the same thing too too often. Oh, yeah. That's a good, good game. <laughs> now, you bring up the seasons, and one of the things I love about your program is that it is seasonal. And 
my background as a five-element acupuncturist. The season of autumn is of the metal element, the lungs and the colon, and the emotion is grief and letting go. And do you... I'm, I'm, this is a setup question. I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to ask it anyway, assuming you do. Do you get into grief in this session? Yes, we do, actually. One of the, the calls is um, repairing the heart and grief. Um, I can't remember the title of that one, but absolutely. You know, and grief takes on a lot of different forms. Um I feel there's a lot of grief in this community around not being able to fulfill your dreams. And I really want to support people in that and what that means and looking at what was important about the dream they had and how they can have that feeling in their life right now. So that's something we go into. Um, I'm going to back up. You talked about the lungs and the large intestine. It's not interesting that the lungs and the fall season, um, it's time to tonify, right? This is, we've got to really pay attention, especially before we go into the winter when we're really stuck inside, right? And that air quality is poor. Um, so here we are, here I am stuck in the smoke and I'm like, wow, I'm really focusing on my lungs. And the large intestine and how they work together is, is pretty amazing if you think about the respiration between them. And Mark Weil, again, does a beautiful talk about um, lungs and digestion and how they work together. That one's called lungs digestion and opening to joy because really the opposite of grief is joy. Um, so to answer your question, we definitely go into those elements. Um, and the parasites, again, there's a focus on parasites because of the foods of this season, and it's also a really good time to do some shedding and some letting go, right? As the leaves fall, it's time for letting go. Um, and also I bring up the parasites because I've seen, and maybe you can speak to this, many people with parasites in Lyme have poor boundaries and you know parasites what are they they're foreign energies stealing your nutrition your 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 life force so we really look at are there people in your life that are whether they know it or not are parasitic to you they're toxic right or the relationship the two of you have is toxic and not serving either one of you. So some of that, that's some of the stuff we go into via the family constellation um, mapping. Do you know about family constellation? Yes. Or, yeah. So why don't so you just describe it very briefly for everybody who doesn't, which is probably most everybody. Oh, well, you know, Dr. Klinghart's really big into the family constellation work. Um, he's masterful, actually. Um, basically what it says is we are a constellation, not unlike meridians, like, right, McKay? So we're connected like meridians to our family and to our ancestors. And it looks back on an energetic level to where were their traumas in recent history, back as far as great-grandparents, I think that's as far as they go. Um, where is their... Um, a trauma that could be affecting this person now. I know it sounds pretty intense and very spiritual, but it's true. You wouldn't believe what people carry for the family. For example, um, you know, one thing, Shravasti is the healer that we work with in this session. He does a lot. He's written several books on family constellation. A lot of people that are ill and like this in a chronic state, have sort of played small in the family to take on a lot of the pain. Um, they kind of made agreements to stay small and codependent to appease the insecurities of others. Am I making sense or is this too, too, 
too much to explain such a deep, <laughs> such a deep no, work. I, I think it's, I think it's helpful. Let's go down this road. I'll, I'll bring us back. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I just, I, it's, um, it seems kind of complicated, but it's actually very simple. And I think the best way for me to describe it is I think a lot of us are empaths, right? We're very, without question, we're sensitive beings. We're sensitive to the environment. We're sensitive to the news, right? I, for a long time, I couldn't even watch a movie because it was too, too much for me to take in. So a lot of us are sensitive and we're empaths. And empaths are amazing beings because they feel so much. But an empath that is unhealthy becomes codependent. Right, I feel all the pain around me, and I want to fix everybody so I feel better. That's the exhausting way. Now, empaths make fantastic healers because they can feel the pain around, but they can't go into the pain and take it on for others. What they need to do is make themselves whole by healing themselves and then holding the space for others to heal. And we go through lots of different exercises like that. Um, would you agree with what I said about the empaths and have you experienced that in your practice with some of these individuals? I think about it in a different language Mm -hmm. and think of the patterns differently. And yes. And for those of you who are kind of getting ready to hit the fast forward button on this, I just have one word for you and that's epigenetics. And that is the science behind that is they're really starting to see that as the as your body's in a stressful situation your body will adjust will start expressing different genes but that pattern if the stress is deep enough and strong enough and long enough can lock in so the the stress genes don't turn off or if you're looking at it from like Richie Shoemaker's point of view, the, the Lyme genes that uh, turn on in response to that ex- get expressed when you get infected with Lyme disease, they s- can stay turned on. And then the crazy part is that pattern then gets passed on from mother to child. And, it, and there is absolutely a genetic expression pattern that can get passed on. So you can talk about it like we have been now, which makes lots of sense. It gives you much more control. It's a lot harder to turn genes on and off than it is to talk about, okay, I need to set some boundaries or I need to let go some of the responsibility that I've taken on consciously or unconsciously. You know, there's a whole theory of alcoholic families and the different roles right. that the, the children in the alcoholic families take on to keep the family stable. And they take it on not consciously. It's just the, they fall into the role because that's what the family needs. And they're run by it. You know, one of them's uh, kind of like the joker. So they're always making jokes and trying to to make life light. And that's wonderful to have that kind of sense of humor and ability to make people laugh. But it's the only one way of being. And sometimes you need to be a serious person. And if that's not available to you, you can be pretty hampered. You know, you could be uh, the guy in the bar in Florida who's 54 and still, you know, waiting tables or, or slinging, slinging uh, Bud Light behind the bar, you know, instead of moving on with the, his or her life. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. yes, it makes absolute sense in terms of this. And it's a big part and it's a hidden part. And I want to go back to the, to the grief. And one of the things that happens with people with Lyme disease is, is you lose, you can, you lose, not everybody, right? But you can lose your life and people forget and are grieving about who they were, the life that they had. And in interviewing people who've successfully kind of gone through the eye of the needle in Lyme disease and found the, you know, found inspiration again and found healing again and found their powering again, they often have to reinvent their lives. And it's not the same. They're not necessarily the same people. Sometimes they come back healed and they resume their old life. But often what they've done is they've created a new life, a different life, a good life right? But not the same life. And often there's some grief in having to let go. But once you can let go of what was, then you can reorient toward the future. You can reorient orient toward the future. And that's what nature's doing in autumn. It's letting go of okay. what's not essential, 
the sap is descending into the roots. It's keeping what's essential, uh, keeping it safe for the winter time as as you kind of gather your inspiration in the mystery and in uh, what I want to say, I said inspiration, creativity to come back again in the spring, reborn. And but in order to do that, you have to let go. You can't hold on to all of this. And in order to let go, you need to grieve. And unfortunately, this culture of ours, we're not very practiced in grieving. We don't grieve. We get mm-hmm. sad. We get upset. We do that. But actual grieving, it's, you know, there's the Irish. You think of an Irish wake, right, where it's actually in the home. And, yeah. and how much, you know, how much of death and letting go has been removed outside and left over to the professionals. You know, we've professionalized everything. This is, and this is the thing that absolutely kills me. I learned not too long ago in terms of depression. So when they first came out with a diagnostic code for depression and a symptom list, they had to, they carved out a section. They said, okay, these are all the symptoms of depression. However, if someone has just lost a child, a very young child, we're not calling that depression because obviously they're just grieving for the child. But it's the exact same set of symptoms. And unfortunately, they've now taken out that carve out. So grief is often diagnosed and interpreted as depression. And it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So if if you start medic if you're grieving and you go to a somebody and, and you start getting uh, medications to medicate you so you don't finish grieving, then you're never going to go through the right. grieving process. And I'm not saying you're not in pain and it doesn't hurt. Grief is the worst. It's the most painful. It sucks. It's not socially acceptable. It really, it's, it's the most painful emotion in my mind, without a doubt, in yeah. my experience. Yeah. I see it. So it's just brutal. But if you, if you dock it down, if you suppress it, you don't go through the, you never get over it. You know, maybe you get off the, the the medication, maybe you move on with your life, but you've never really let go. And then you right. can't, if you don't let go, then you can't fully, fully immerse into nothingness and then come back out the other side into something. So you know, I can't encourage you enough to explore grief in a structured setting. Now, chances are you don't okay. have, you don't have guidance that's good enough to get you through it. Because, again, we just don't have models of grief around us and people who are experienced with it. And I don't mean professionally, you know, but it's not, mm-hmm. again, a counselor's going to, there's a good chance that they look at your symptoms and call it, dep- oh, you're depressed because you're grieving, as opposed to, oh, you're just grieving. You know, so, I, and please, you know, send hate mail if you want to, to me, not to Dana. Um, it's, I'm not saying that there aren't good, therapist out there. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, let's not confuse the two. And if mm-hmm. you've got some grief, if you've got Lyme disease and you're, you've had to give up your life, chances are you've got some grief and some sort of ceremony, some sort of process to gather this grief together and then begin to let it go is, is critical for you to heal. Absolutely critical. Wow. Thank you. That was wonderful. Everything you said, I'm right with everything you said. And it's just firing off all these fireworks in my brain because this is a lot of what I actually teach. And you know, it's really funny because I do bring in quote unquote professionals and I feel like I'm actually a pro because I've been through it. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. So, no, no, I just... I'm it so wasn't funny. an insult. Yeah, it. it's not an insult. But I think it's great. I just feel like I needed to say that because anybody who's been through the fire knows yes, a lot you can, can share right, a lot. You can lead the next mm-hmm. journey through. Exactly. You've been through it. That's right. And, and that's and, and that's what's missing. You can, you can have a textbook understanding, and that's totally different than grandma helping you get through it because she is lost... Mm-hmm you know, 20 people in her life that are close for it. She's been through it more than once. And she knows you can come out the other way, a healthy, strong, intact person. Yeah, she knows the process. I'm going to start calling you Grandma Dana. Oh, my goodness. Don't say that because I actually. Why? It's not funny because, honestly, what day is it? 
I'm going to be 61 months. And I, I just... I just announced that to the world. Um, yeah. It actually, it actually, it actually broke. It, it, God is smiling on you because you broke up and you couldn't hear the number you said. Oh, that's really funny. I'm How funny is that? Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So I have to, I'm moving. I have my own set of, you know, grief is interesting because there's layers to it. Yeah. And so, there's the layer of, you know, I was out on tour with you too. They wanted to take me around the world. That was my dream come true. And then I couldn't do it because I was so sick. So the grief of like dreams crushed, right. Mm-hmm. Had to get through that, had to get through, you know, and it's, it's kind of ongoing with chronic illness. It's like opportunities you can't get to, um, you can't see through, um, but then I'm hitting this wall now of like, Oh, I didn't have, children so yeah you know that's that's a hard one i was i tried and i was too sick and so but you know what there's so much grace on the other side of grace is this grace and it's so important as you said to move through it and people want to tell me about positive thinking and all that stuff i i I think you can't positive think your your way out of grief. I think you're distracting yourself. I think it's really important to embody the feeling that you're having. Now you don't over identify with it. And so I teach things like, you know, certainly tapping is really important. Ho'oponopono, do you know that method? Nope. It's a way of just, it's just a way of loving yourself and just like accepting that you're having these horrific feelings. Mm. You're, angry you're rageful yeah right grief grief has rage sadness depressed got all of the gamut inside of there and so letting yourself have those feelings and processing them and i always say to people are you are you obsessing over the problem in front of you or the are you inside the process remember it's a process and so i loved everything you said and it's really funny how you you talked about you know, how people lost their life as they knew it. And inside I was going, yeah, but they're better, but they're better than before. Because it's true. Like you said, you you actually burn up. This happened to me. Maybe not the case for everyone. But I burned up the stuff that I didn't need anymore. And I, I, I've become a truer me. So out of the pain comes authenticity. And gosh, there's a lot of freedom with that, isn't there? It's and, funny. You you bring up yeah. burning. And so burning is one way to kind of s- turn things into ashes and smoke and, and let it just go drift in the wind. So sometimes people will write down what they've lost and burn it or write it on a piece of paper and put it in a rock or write it on a rock and throw the pebble into the water and just watch it sink away. So there's, there's power in physically letting go. So it's, it, it struck me that you said burning up. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. California is burning right now. So on the other side of the ashes, right. It is great. Also great fertilizer. We know that, um, and to your point of letting go, that physical sort of ritual is really important when the person is ready. Um, in the meantime, moving with the feelings, right? Allowing you, yourself to have those feelings. Are you going to say something? No. I'm something. Okay. Yeah. And I, 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 there's the burning analogy and there's also the, you know, the metamorphosis of the butterfly, the caterpillar to the butterfly. I use that one a lot because there you are, just a caterpillar in the world, doing your thing, drinking your lattes, going to work, having a good time, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Lyme disease, I always use that joke. I'm like, how are just people out having a good time? Which is amazing to me. I'm having a great time, but it's on a different level. But here we are, you know, having a normal caterpillar life. And all of a sudden, you were breaking down into something you don't know what's going to happen. It's And did you know this about the caterpillar and then that the, the cocoon turns into an ooze of possibility. And then it starts to pull together 
the, the, the strongest elements to make the butterfly, right? It's like exactly what you just said. You burn up what's not needed, and then you take the pieces of yourself that are the strongest, and you rebuild. And hopefully you've turned into a butterfly. But I do know that people that have been through this process are resilient, and that's something that's really come up for me a lot lately. Um, when you because did, I feel, yeah, of course. Go ahead. No, please, you please, you're the, the yeah. I'm I'm stepping on your toes, and I shouldn't, because I you, don't want you to. I you, love what you have to say. <laughs> I when love you're, it. We can when you're stri- well, it's 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 per- like you said, it's perfect that there's a forest fire burning through. So let's not talk about the forest fire where the brush has been allowed to build up over forty years and the fires get too hot and burns everything out. In a healthy forest fire, quote unquote, it comes through, burns right. out the brush, adds uh, nutrients to the soil, and and the forest comes back quickly. Read ridiculously quickly it actually the trees don't die they they survive it uh the, the larger ones and it, it changes the nature of it it strips what's not essential and leaves what's essential and that's that's the nature of grief but we we want to i think a lot of times you want to skip ahead to the cool like enlightenment mm-hmm. stuff. We just want to do enlightenment. We don't want to do grief. Just enlighten me. Thank you very much. But the the, the Chinese <laughs> are, are very literal with the with the metal element and the organs associated with the body or the colon and the lungs. So you need to be able, you have to clean out. You have to go to the bathroom before you can breathe in the will of heaven. It's like you got to clean out. What's the first thing you do in the morning? You get up, you go downstairs, well, this is what I do. I have a cup of coffee. Then I go to the bathroom, right? That's, yeah, he's, snuck you know, the, he's snuck in the coffee thing he, there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's my little weakness, my well, vice. No, but it's important, especially, I think, if you, I teach people for elimination, if you have to do a little coffee in the morning, if that helps you, <laughs> get it done, whatever, whatever it takes. But, yeah. So that's um, the, it's the, the colon, it's kind of, a, it's from 5 to 7 a.m. It's the first part of waking up. It's like what we need to do first thing is we need to get rid of things. So in the autumn, we need to get rid of, it's the, oppor- it's the opportunity to clean out. We talk about spring cleaning, but autumn's, autumn's fall cleaning. It's like get that stuff out that we've accumulated over the year. Get it out. And then once it's out, then you can breathe in. It's like take that deep breath, get inspired. You know, then you can you can you are, be awakened to the magnificence of what's around you. But if you're sitting in a pile of poo, mental, emotional, yeah. yeah, or sometimes <laughs> physically, yeah, right, it happens. Then it's then it's hard to see the beauty. Maybe, imp- maybe I mean, you impossible. Just, you just wrapped up the entire fall session. That's exactly fun. You said about getting rid. This is time for letting go because. One of the exercises that we do in the very first week is like, okay, we're not going to talk about food this week. We're going to talk about letting go, opening a space, shedding some items, some things in your home, decluttering, letting go. How many coats do you need? Can you give some of those coats away time of year, right? Opening space. You can open space in your your physical space. And then we get into the food and eliminating and getting rid of those parasites, getting maybe some enemas or colonics, whatever works for you, um, and then addressing the grief and loving yourself through it. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to go back to the fire analogy, how he said, well, let's forget about the reason we have all these horrible fires, you know, because of negligence or whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But even still, that fire is breaking patterns, Right, so it's causing an awareness to happen around how can we better manage this. So it, it, it's always it's always a powerful exercise, right? So yeah. this is like, how can we do better? <laughs> how can we do yeah. better? Um, yeah, forest. Yeah, it's and, a gra- it's a great metaphor because forest fires are not a mistake. <laughs> They're part of mm-hmm. the system. Grief is not a, an emotional error. 
It's not a coding error. It's part of life. Well, and I love how you said that we don't know how to do it in this country. It's, I mean, the, the, the distractions that we have, it's incredible, right? And yeah. how we just, we keep stuffing, 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 and we're the sickest country, right? I wonder why. Um, and I, you know, I, I want to get back to this before we, we go about um, resilience and what it means to be resilient because as I said before, I feel like the stress and the world, the world stress and the, you know, we all have our particular um, stresses in our personal lives, but I feel like the stress is, is unrelenting. And instead of running from it and carving a little cave somewhere in the world where you can hide from it, I really am feeling like it's time that we change our relationship to stress. Um, you know, there's so much out there now about, um, like dynamic neural repatterning, which is beautiful. I love this. And I wish to God I could take some time away, you know, from, from stress. But I think a lot of us have to do it on the spot. We have to meet the stress with presence. And I know that sounds, oh, what does that even mean to be present? No, it just means I'm in a stressful situation. I'm breathing, I'm present, I'm not making up a story. I notice a lot of people, especially chronic illness, after so many years, you're under a story of the year after year after year, and that alone mentally can be so, such a burden. Exhausting, absolutely. It's like, I literally say, okay, I have to have amnesia. I'm like, pretend like, okay, this is the first day, what am I going to do about it? You know, I told you that I still get symptoms that I had 20 years ago, where 20 years ago I said, oh, my God, I'm dying. I made up the story that I was dying because this is crazy symptoms. Now I know exactly what they are. I've done too much. Okay, I'm a little viral today. Um, I didn't sleep. I'm not digesting. And I have my toolkit. So I, I, I think... I think we know how to meet it and we become very resilient people in the process. And it's so important. Um, I'm going to take a sip of this tea. Actually, I wanted to share this study. They did a study on fighter pilots and to see their, their ability to handle stress. So they did the fighter pilot group and then just everyday people. And they put them in a simulator, right? And so they simulated the, the plane going down. And now I don't know if, the, well, not the fire, fire not the, the um, it was oxygen. That's what it was. It was oxygen. So as soon as the fighter pilots, and they did this with athletes too, felt a change in their, bio, their biology, they stayed with their body and they didn't go into psychology. They were mapping their brains. They didn't go into a story, and they didn't overreact. They stayed with the physical symptoms, and they worked through it, and they made decisions from there instead of panicking into a story of what's going to happen. Now, the people that were not trained, basically, they overreacted, and they went into a stress response, and they couldn't make good decisions. So it's very interesting to me that they say here, um, the ones that, quite simply, they were aware of their biological stress response but didn't overreact. So that's not easy to do when you're having intense symptoms. But I'll tell you, I stayed out of the hospital <laughs> because I learned how to yeah. be with it, wait, listen, and not overreact to it. And yeah. that's really important, I think. Yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. and I, I take it back. You're a professional, and just like these, <laughs> just like these fighter pilots, and and the the, the experience you have with grief. Because I want to bring it back to grief, and then we're going to wrap up. Yeah. The the grief is an emotion that we when it just like when the oxygen goes down. So when the grief starts yeah. showing up, uh, we uh, we we have a tendency. 
more often than not, to go a little bit crazy. We get psychological about the grief. And there's an old meditation statement. I forget there's a specific name for these kind of things, truism type of thing, that uh, the pain, the pain in life you can't avoid. Pain in life is essential, but the suffering is optional. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying is like, what what happens is we 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 get into suffering and the suffering is our psychological stories that we're telling ourselves and our psychological reactions and it should be this way and it can't be this way and as why is it me and all the other things that we say and if we can strip that away right with our fire with our forest fire of presence mm. with the you know letting go of autumn whatever however we get rid of it we get down to this is what it is. And it just is. Once you get to that point, there's nothing else there. It's just, okay. You may have some opinions about it. Well, it's not my favorite day of the week to feel this way, but <laughs> it's just the way it is. Well, you, you know, if you feel that, you know, we've talked about this before too, because I'm feeling a lot of the Byron Katie stuff in there. It's really important to not make up the story. But if you feel, um, if you feel how much energy you get back, from the statement, oh my God, this shouldn't be happening to me. Why is this happening to me? This is terrible. That to, okay, this is what I got right now. How am I going to deal with it? What's the very next step I can take? It's just, you can feel all the life force coming back. I think people exhaust themselves with the stress about it, not saying it's not a very stressful situation, but in some ways you're becoming these fighter pilots. Right, you're learning how to be resilient. Right, and uh, nobody's born a fighter pilot. Look, nobody, <laughs> nobody's born, you know, knowing how to deal with Lyme disease. It's a skill to learn, and right. some days you're going to be top of the world and world class, and you know there may be days that you're not, and that's that's okay too. And as you as you get better at it, as you do work like your workshop and you learn these coping skills and how to train that monkey mind of yours, those those days where things are terrible get fewer and farther apart and less severe. It's it's the way it is. Now, the physical symptoms may or may not change, but we're just talking about the quality of life. We're just talking about how how your life is and having a fabulous life right where you are right now and not saying, you know, I'll, I'll be better. I'll get my life back in track once X, Y, or Z happens. Okay. So if we have, okay, you, you go. I was going to wrap it up. No, but you were going to one you, more chance. Oh, <laughs> well, no, I was going to say like I'll get my life back. It's such a funny term. It's like you no know, life is right yeah. now. Right. It's not. It's not out there. It's like how can I connect into life, no matter what I'm going through. So. Yeah, that's so thank beautiful. You. It's so yeah. absolutely beautiful. Now. Thank you. Two two things. The first one is. If you had one, and this is an impossible question, but I'm going to ask anyway because you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If you had one piece of advice for somebody listening that they could implement right now to help them on their Lyme journey, what would it be? One piece of advice would be just remember that you're so powerful, honestly, and, and that, you know, I teach people that just if you're sitting there in your bed and you can't do anything and you were meant to be a great CEO, all these things that you think you were supposed to be, but you're sitting in your bed and you're generating love, you're generating gratitude, you're generating presence, you're a gift to the world. And then everything comes after that. So remember that you're really powerful. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And lastly, for those people listening who've been inspired and say, you know what, I've got to hear more about what this Dana lady's got to say. How, <laughs> how do they do that? Well, I want to make sure, yes, Dana lady. I, it's, um, <laughs> You're 50 now. I can call you a lady. Wait, wait, Dana grandma lady. Okay, I love it. I'm a pro. Okay, so yes, I want to make sure everybody knows that I bring in some really fantastic experts. Dr. Klinghart's in this one, and he's talking about parasites and boundaries. 
And I love it hearing it from the expert, right? He's, he crosses that line between physical and energetic. So in his beautiful way. Um, we also have Anne Louise Gittleman, a fantastic nutritionist, talking about food and parasites and how to rid the body gently because that's an important piece. We know that when you kill off parasites, there's often candida and heavy metals and blah, blah, blah. So how to gently remove these, I think it's a good idea to do twice a year. Um, we have Shavasti, who's an expert um, in family constellation, giving us beautiful exercises. We also have Sunday, soulful Sunday exercises that we do in our own private meditation. We have huddled calls. There's support calls, which are really good during the holidays. Really, really good. We do family role playing. So hilarious. Oh my gosh. So fun. Like, how would you respond to someone's crappy comment to you at a, at a holiday event? <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, practicing how to do that. So what we do in these huddles calls is we get you on the group and we break you out into small groups where you get to talk to each other. So I got to tell you, McKay, it's great when people get to talk to each other from all over the world. And um, and who else do we have? I'm forgetting a couple of. Oh, and then Jay Davidson, Dr. Jay Davidson. Yeah, of course. We do a great interview with him. Yeah, fantastic. So, and then we have Q&A calls with our uh, lovely Mark Weil, our brilliant Mark Weil. So get your questions answered. So they go to, please, limelesslivemore.com. You can opt in there to learn more, or you can go to our Facebook page and see how to join. We open on the 18th, and the doors close probably a week later. It'd be fun to meet you inside. 18th of November, just to be clear. 18th of November, that's right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. (laughs) So great to talk to you. Thank you. This was a wonderful episode. You know, there was something that you were talking about towards the middle of this interview that was talking about experiencing the emotion and specifically experiencing grief. And that was something that I could relate to because I get anxious symptoms, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of those things, I either stutter or I do a little bit of hyperventilating. And it never really bothered me, mostly because I processed it. I processed it as my body reacting to what was going on in my brain. So it never it never really bothered me. I think it bothered mom more than it ever <laughs> bothered me. It's like it's my precious baby. Yeah, she's doing something weird. But it was just like, okay, my body is expressing what's going is has a physical expression of whatever anxiety I'm feeling and I can let that happen and that's okay. And then you're done and move on. Mm, working on that part. But yeah. <laughs> or less. Yeah. That's the whole point, really, is that if symptoms, thoughts, emotions are given the space to just be, they have their time in the spotlight, so to speak, on the stage, and then they make room for the next. But if you try to rush them off or keep them coming on stage, then all of a sudden they have an outsized power and place in our consciousness. So sometimes just letting things be. Now, we're not talking about nourishing a grudge or holding on to something. That's different, right? We're just talking about just giving something the space to fully be. And sometimes that can be magical, absolutely magical. And then they're parasites. (laughs) (laughs) I like Dana's (laughs) segue from intestinal parasites to emotional parasites and family parasites. Yep. And And then grief. And grief, right. Having family, you know, we are coming into Thanksgiving very soon. This episode's coming out, what, a a week? Wow, we're scheduled to come out on Thanksgiving. We will do that. All right. I just made that pledge, right? No matter what's happening here in the house (laughs) where we have to get this out. All right. So we'll come out next Thursday as well. So this is a week before Thanksgiving. The holidays are on us already. They've snuck up. They're here. 
And being around family or not being around family is tough, right? No matter which way it swings for you. And so many people are really, really sick and their families just don't understand that. So make sure you get some support around the holiday season from people who do understand. All right. If you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you really like what we're doing, leave us a review on your podcast app. And if you really, really like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio and want more, be sure to head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com to get notified when we open the doors to our tick-borne illness school. Also, if you have any feedback or suggestions for guests, anything at all, send an email to feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. And last... As you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know a ninja once made a cow laugh so hard, milk came out of its nose? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.